0: It is good to be here with you today, and I receive that rich welcome uh, I, I do, but I guess uh Ryan, uh, that motherly part, I'm gonna have to have a little consultation about that before I leave Sweetwater, but it is good to be here with you today, Ryan called some lady said to me in the early service, well, how did Ryan get you here? I said he asked. <laughs> It's real simple with me. If you ask and I can get it in the schedule, I'll come. Don't tell other people, but that's the secret. It's generally pretty easy. Um, But as we begin this season of Advent, just thinking of some scriptures and some texts, and you're new to me, so I want to be judicious with the time, and um, I want to lead you to a very different scripture than the one that's printed in your text. It'll be on the screen for you. It's a story that we all know, and so maybe we can work it and read it and hear what God has for us. So I would lead your attention to the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter. And I'm going to read verses 38 through 44. I love this text. I I love it in this season. And so we're going to use it again and see what God has in store for us. If you have a Bible, you should have a Bible. I tell everybody, bring your Bibles to church. Where else do you take them? Nowhere. They sit on your table. They sit in your house. Bring them to church. Use them. Not just, and if you don't have a Bible, use your cell phone. Because you know you can have a free Bible on your cell phone, right? Raise your hand. All right, so that means you can take the Word of God with you everywhere that you go. Why? Uh, Because on a serious note, you'll never have any more of God than you have of His Word that lives in you, in you. So hear now these words from the Gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark. Mark, we believe, to be the first gospel that was written. And this story only appears in those two Gospels, Matthew and Mark. It's not in John, and it's not even in Luke. So uh, Mark 12, beginning at verse 38. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearances, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And then Jesus goes on to say, So he sat down opposite the treasurer and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. And many rich people put in large sums. But a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. And then he said, he called his disciples and said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. All, everybody say all, all she had to live on. So this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let us pray, Father God, we have come into this place to hear a word from you, a fresh, a new, word anointed. So now pour the oil on even now. Allow me to speak, Father God, to a heart, to a mind, to a soul, to change a life for good. Let us hear the word afresh and anew. So use me. I bind the enemy now in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So how many of you Went Black Friday shopping. Come on, confess yourself. Come on. You know what that means? You 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 got up after you ate all that food on Thanksgiving and made your way to the stores at some ungodly hour, waited in line. I told him I did that one time in my life. My boys were little, and Samuel was a cook at the time. He wanted an easy bake oven. And I was at the in El Paso and I got At 4.30 in the morning, I got up and drove over there, and the people were lined up all around the building. And I stood in that line because I love my son. And I got in the building, and nobody told me to take two people to Black Friday shop because one got to get in line, and the other one go pick up all the stuff so you won't be in there forever. Thanksgiving is a time of being grateful, and it ushers us into a season of Advent. Well, we prepare our hearts and our minds to give, to give. We give gifts. We have gift Christmas trees. We have parties. And we come to celebrate the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus the Christ. But as I was looking and I was thinking, I was looking at the text, I was thinking, maybe we need a little help in how we give. And thinking about what is it that we're going to give and who are we going to give it to and how are we going to give it? So this story came to mind. It's really I like to read that 38th verse because the 38th verse is in preparation for what follows. Jesus was teaching the disciples and he pointed out the scribes and he said, whatever you do in life, don't give like the scribes. They're puffed up. Their chest is sticking out and they're giving so that everybody else can see. And not only are they giving so others can see, they are stealing from the widows and from the poor people to make themselves feel better. And then immediately, without skipping a beat, he runs into the story of the widow who came, who had just two mites, two pennies, and she gave out of her abundance, out of her beos, all that she had. And because she was willing to do that, it tells us in the word that we will remember her. We do even now, 2,000 years later. So quickly, how did she give? What made her giving better than the giving of the scribes? What does Jesus teach us in just these three little verses? He teaches us that in the season of giving, there is a way for Christians to act. Number one, he teaches us is that if we're going to give, that we have to give what we have. The average Christian will spend $700 this Christmas buying gifts for people you don't like. That's right. Most of the people you like, but you know, you're going to buy a toaster for Uncle Fred and you're going to put it behind the tree or just in case somebody come to your house that you didn't invite. You want to be a nice guest. So you're going to buy some candles or, you know, pillowcases or something, and you're going to have it put away. And we're going to buy and we're going to have a list and we're going to check it twice. And some of us are going to go into debt even just to give. But Jesus says that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give what we have. What we have. And it doesn't mean that we give the material that we have. It means that as Christians, we have to think about giving the spiritual that we have. We have to think about giving all of those fruits of the spirit that are alive inside of us. We have to think about giving love and peace and joy. We have to think about being fruitful and generous in our giving. This woman gave all she had everything. She didn't even hold back. You know, it's funny. I got these two pennies down here and I was trying to make some noise in the first service, but they don't even use copper anymore. You just, you can't even hear how much money that is. And in those times, when you went into the church, they had 13 different, can you believe this? 13 different offering plates. And people would go to every plate and they would stand there and they would pour the coins in, kind of like you do at the bank. You ever been in the bank in line and you see the people over the machine going, <laughs> And you're trying to get your money from the check, but you know and you can hear what they're doing. She gave what she had. Let me break it down for you. There's a man, and he was living on the Pacific coast, and he had a house that was on the top of a hill and he noticed because he had lived there a long time that he could look out at the ocean and he could tell by the waves when some trouble was coming and this man was looking out one day and he knew that something bad was going to happen but he really wasn't worried about himself he was worried about the people that lived down close by the ocean and so he looked around and all he had was rice he was a rice farmer so he gathered up all of the rice that he had and with the rice he had he set it fire. and when he set it fire, the people that were down on the beach looked up and saw the fire and they said let us go help him but when they got to the top he said they said what are you doing up here he said I set the fire so that you could come up because look Here comes the tidal wave. And if they would have stayed down where they were, they would have been destroyed. We have got to get into the habit of giving what we have. Look down deeper. Don't just go to your checkbook. Look on the inside. Think about the people that are all around you and say to yourself, what is it that God is calling for me to give? Maybe he's calling for you to go visit somebody who's sick and just to give them a hug. Maybe he's calling for you to call up your brother, your sister, your uncle, whoever it is that you hadn't talked to in a long time and just see how they're doing. Maybe he's calling for you to open the doors of your house and to feed the people that will be on the street. I don't know what you have, but whatever it is you have, God is calling for you to use it for somebody else. She gave all that she had. Just two pennies—and And she was a widow. So remember, She didn't have anybody to support her. She didn't know what was going to happen next. She didn't even know where her next meal was going to come. Because see, all of see. this is what we do. We give God one penny and we put the other penny in the underwear drawer. Uh, You know, we're going to put a little back We gonna keep a little something, something in the bank. We gonna keep a little something on the side. We don't give all that we have, but the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding in all of thy ways. To acknowledge him, we got to be willing to empty our pot so that God can fill it up. Sometimes you wonder how come it is that other people have stuff that you don't have. But the question is, God wants to know if you're willing to give it all, can he trust you to empty out everything on the inside of you so he can fill you again? And again and again, I gotta hurry on because y'all gotta go to lunch. So, number one, she uh, gave all that she had, and she didn't just give it, it wasn't easy for her to give it. Do you not think that she had to think about giving these two little pennies? That there was some thought involved, that she was gonna give up everything, it was difficult for her to give. It was difficult, number one, because she was a woman and she was not a Jew and women were not allowed into the synagogue. There were four different entrances to the church. There was one for people who were non-Jews. There was one for people that were Jewish. There was one for people that were priests. And then there was one for women. So not only did she have to go to a place that she wasn't wanted, she had to go to a door. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if I couldn't come in the front door to church, I'm not so sure I'd be coming to the church. I'm not sneaking around to the back just to get in to worship somebody. But she did the difficult thing. She would not be stopped. It was hard for her. To reach the plate, to put in all she had. It's Christmas time. And one of my favorite Christmas memories is my dad. My parents were divorced when I was little, but my dad would come. We lived in Buffalo and in Cleveland. And my dad would always come at Christmas time. He'd get in his car and he'd make sure he got there in time to eat what my grandmother had cooked. And so we knew he'd be there about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. But this one particular year, the clock ticked away and one o'clock came and two o'clock came and three o'clock came and four o'clock came and my dad was nowhere to be seen and so my grandmother my mother said don't worry he's coming let us eat I said nope I'm not eating until he gets here the clock ticked on five o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock about eight o'clock we heard this knock at the door and there was my dad all covered in snow as he had on you know those old galoshes y'all remember you put over the top of your shoes he had on his old galoshes and he was standing there like a black snowman he was just shaking because he was so cold and he came in and and I said I knew you would come, I knew you would come he said well I almost didn't make it he said I left Cleveland about 10 o'clock this morning and I got on I-90 and halfway here they closed the highway because of the ice and the snow so then I had to get off the highway and go on the side road and I made it all the way to Orchard Park and then we got stuck again and then I had to go on the side streets and you know the snow was so bad that the city hadn't even come in yet and cleaned off the streets so he couldn't even get down the street to my house so he said I parked my car about three blocks away and I got out and even though I didn't have on any boots I just began to walk until I got to the house see because when you give it ain't always easy Sometimes it's difficult to give the things that God wants you to give. Sometimes it's hard even for preachers to preach a word that God wants you to preach. People get mad when you preach about sin. People get mad when you preach about not acting right. People get mad. They like when you preach about the Holy Spirit. But when you talk about something, sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult to give to people that you don't like. That would have been a good amen. It's difficult. It's difficult to give to people that you might have turned your back on. It's difficult to give to people that don't look like you, that don't live in your neighborhood, that don't act like you, that aren't the same race as you. It is difficult to give. But this woman illustrates that when we give of God, we have to give all that we have, and we have to do it when it is difficult. Difficult. Not easy. You give all you have. You do it when it's difficult. And then you just have to do it from your heart. Jesus compared the scribe to the widow because he was not comparing the outside. He was comparing the inside. He was telling us to look at a person's heart. The scribes did it so that everybody else could see. Anybody remember the saying keeping up with the Joneses? right yeah, we used to give. they got a new car, we get a new car. They gonna move, they gonna, we gonna move. They did something for their kids we no no. God is interested. And what's on the inside of your heart? She gave from her heart. How do I know that? Well, I know that because the Greek word for abundance is the word bios. And bios means of her full soul. It means that she gave from way down on the inside from her heart. Two weeks ago, I had the privilege to go to El Paso, Texas and be a part of an immigration summit for the United Methodist Church. Now, there have been a lot of things said about immigration, and I'm not trying to be political. I'm just going to tell you what I saw. We got down there, and there was a lady we met, and she was from a church called El Cavillas, and it's in Las Cruces. And the first time I saw her, she had a Two metal buggies. Y'all remember the metal buggies you would take to the grocery store? You'd flip them out and open them. Anybody in here old enough? Well, she had two of those. And in those buggies, she had foil pans of food. And that particular day, I know, because we followed her inside, she had green chili mac and cheese with a little chorizo. And we knew who she was, asked her where she was going. She says, I'm going to feed the immigrants. Who were sleeping on the street in plastic bag tents waiting for their time to come to the border because they had sponsors they already had people willing to accept them people who were willing to take them into their houses and to give them jobs but first they had to make it cross the border and they would wait Not one week, not two. Some people had been there three months already. And she said they don't have any food and they're afraid to leave and go get a job because if they leave, then they lose their place in line. And so I drive 35 miles every Tuesday and Thursday. And the ladies in my community, we make food because inside of that center, and this is just one bridge, there are four different bridges. She says there's always anywhere from 100 to 170. 75 people, men, women, and children who are there praying for a miracle. She gave out of her heart. Now, how many of you get in your car? First of all, you got to find some food. Then you got to cook the food. Then you got to wrap the food up. Then you got to get in your car and get some help. Then you got to drive that food from here. What's 35 miles? Uh, Abilene? And you gotta drive it to Abilene. And then when you get to Abilene, you can't take your car up to the to the door. You gotta park your car over at the Grace Museum and then walk to the convention center. She gave from her heart. So here's the real Here's the real deal. What is it that God is calling for you in this Advent season to give? Really give. As the First United Methodist Church in Sweetwater, where is he calling you to extend your arms out into the community? Who is he calling for you to love? Who is he calling for you to serve? What is he calling for you to do so that you can be Jesus Christ with flesh on? He is calling all of us, and I don't think it's changed, to give all that we have to give our soul, to give our spirit, to give our love, to give our forgiveness, to give our grace, to give our mercy. He's calling on us to give all that we have. And you need to understand it's not going to be easy because you're going to be called to people that maybe you never would have served in communities that maybe you never would have ever gone to. It is going to be hard, but he says, you got to do it. With an open heart. The old song said reach out and touch somebody's hand. This is the season of giving. Not just to ourselves. You know why I love Christmas? I love Christmas because it's the time of the year when we get to talk about Jesus for 25 days. Think about that. Everybody like Christmas. We get to say Jesus every day. We can say Merry Christmas. Well, some people can't say Merry Christmas. But anyway, I say Merry Christmas and keep on moving. Huh? We get to tell the story of how God himself emulated how we should give we get to say that he gave us all that he had his son Jesus and that it was difficult because he had to get him from heaven down to earth he had to get him through a virgin and in a manger so that you and I might be saved and we might be blessed and he did it because his heart was broken because sin had taken over the world he shows us in this season of Christ's mass how how to give, how to give. So, I'm, I'm through. So, here's your homework because you know, I'm just kind of that preacher. It, it, it's, it's not good for you just to go to church and listen to me. You got to do something when you leave. We take the word that we get when Ryan gives you the word, you take the word that he imparts into you and you take it out into the world and out into the community. So, the, my, my first question is, What do you have? What do you have? What do you have, sir? Three Bibles. Well, you can give one of them to somebody don't have no Bible. What do you have? Hey, how what do you what do you have? What do you have? Some of you have businesses and you might be able to bless someone who doesn't. Somebody has a beauty shop. Somebody has a barber shop. You can give free haircuts to somebody who looks like he hadn't had a haircut in a year. Some of you don't have much, but you can take and you know, we used to make Uh, These little bags, and I take a a quart-sized plastic bag, I put a bottle of water in there, I put a hand warmer in there, I put fresh socks in there, I put baby powder in there, and I put a couple of candy bars, and whenever I see anybody on the corner in the wintertime, I carry it in my truck, and I stop, and I give that to them before I give them anything else, because your feet get cold and you need Warm socks and your hands get cold and you can get a warmer and you're probably hungry if you're standing on the corner and you're always thirsty. What is it that you have? What is it that you have? Do any of you men have a loving arm for a young man whose father is not in his life? Do any of you women have any clothes that you can give to some of the young girls who don't have clothes to dress up and Maybe they don't even have a Christmas dress. What is it that you can give? Maybe like my friend, you can cook. How many can cook? Come on. Somebody in here can cook. Maybe your gift will just be food. I told a lady for Thanksgiving I wanted to buy a Thanksgiving dinner and we, and cut it up and put it in clamshells. And don't give it out on Thanksgiving, but give it out on Saturday. Because everybody get a free meal on Thanksgiving. But what about that Sunday and that Monday and that Tuesday? What about this week? People still hungry. What will you give? So homework number one, what do you have? Examine yourself. And then when you examine yourself and you think, oh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. But you get to the part that says, I could do this. Well, that's it. (laughs) Cause that's gonna take a little Jesus to get it done. That's the difficult thing. And then you begin to pray because you can't do it until your heart is right. Cause you want to give out of your abundance, out of your soul, out of the depths of your heart. And here's what I'll tell you. If you follow this formula, Somebody's Christmas will be better than anything they ever hoped for. And not only them, but you too. Because we're called to serve, folks. We're not just called to come into this building and be nice and kind to one another. We are called to go out into the community and do the messy work of mission. Bow your heads. Father God, we have come, and we're reminded that this is the beginning of the Advent season—23 days in a wake-up. Before we celebrate your coming, before we celebrate your birth, before we remember how blessed we are that God loved us so much that He sent His Son. But in the meantime, we have work to do. We have giving to do. We have people to touch and lives to change and souls to win. We have work to do. Why? Because giving matters to you. It matters to you. So open our hearts and our minds, our pocketbooks, our souls and allow us this year to do something we've never done, to cross a line, to step out on faith to trust you. To give so much we don't even know where the, the new part is coming from. Out of love. So we just bless your name and give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.